Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 89, released on May 30th, 2012. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined by my good friend, Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Steve, everyone. How's it going? Going well. We've got a bit of a cold at the moment, so you have to excuse the voice. Uh, how's life with oh, you? Yeah. Well, you sound beautiful. Oh. There's nothing to excuse. You sound <laughs> uh, just as voice. wonderful as ever. <laughs> Everything's fine. going well. Everything's going well over here. We're getting into the hot times. It was uh, in the 90s today. And, wow. Uh, was very high, so I had to wait. I actually went out. We were going to record this a little earlier. For those of you who don't know, this isn't live. You're listening to right now. We actually we recorded this, so you know uh, you'd think that we'd have it down pat with all the practicing and rehearsal time that we get in. But uh, you know, just excuse any of the errors. I'm sure they're mostly my fault. But uh, I was going to go out earlier so I could get this done sooner. But it was so hot, so I tried to wait till a little later, and it was still pretty hot. Mm. Oh, well, I'm sitting here rugged up with a beanie on, so uh, opposite weather here. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think it's cool the way we're like, we can, you know, we're on separate sides of the world and we can just, you know, experience each other's world by, you know, talking on the uh, on the <laughs> podcast here. It's, it's awesome. It is pretty cool. I just got a shiver just thinking about you and your situation. Well, it just goes to show how universal Superman really is. Really, it does. It does indeed. Well, let's get into our discussion topics, and uh, right off the bat, we like to talk about movie news, and it's been a bit of a quiet time uh, leading up to almost a a year until Man of Steel is released to cinemas, and uh, we did get a bit of a, well, a bit of a sneak peek uh, about some visuals in regards to a description that was released on uh, imdb.com from a a person who attended a uh, visual effects banquet where uh, Weta Workshop showed a, a sizzle reel, and he went into some... Sizzle reel. Yeah, some descriptions about what he saw, and uh, it was pretty much confirmed that it was true to form when Warner Brothers came out with a legal letter sent to all the different fan sites that had it posted and uh, asked for it to be removed, uh, which pretty much validated the, the guy's uh, description um, because of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that seems to be the general consensus, although um, if I was making a movie and I was a big conglomerate and I had the power and you were coming out uh, saying things that weren't true, I might very well ask you to remove it as well. So it is mm-hmm. – I mean I would say it's it's just as possible that they could say uh, we don't want people talking about – I mean it's, you know, our movie is going to be fantastic and this sounds like you know OK but it's not what we're doing. So we don't really want to get that false advertising out there. So let's take it down. So I think it could be either way. Yeah, um, true. But, but yeah, I mean and what I read you know, personally I thought sounded really cool. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I uh, can't go about reading what the description was because that would pretty be pretty much going against what Warner Brothers' uh, request w- was uh, to, to remove it. So if I read it out here, I'd just be uh, getting a, a massive, nice slap on the wrist. So uh, we shan't be doing that. But uh, I'm sure everybody that that um, you know uh, listens to this podcast already had the opportunity to read it when it came out and before it was removed. And it can um, still be found online in other places, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. Once it's online, it's pretty hard to to get it offline. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, you know, uh, it certainly sounded like it it could definitely be authentic. It didn't yeah. sound uh, it didn't sound. Uh, there was a, there was a description, uh, not a description of a scene, but a, but a few months ago there was a write up 
and it and there was bad grammar and then yeah. words were in the wrong places and it sounded odd so it was much more easy to dismiss that as something that somebody just quickly wrote up and maybe was trying to get some buzz about uh these scenes uh do sound like they could be in a major motion picture and and they sound kind of cool yeah and uh by all accounts one or both of the scenes that were described may appear in the uh teaser trailer that uh we're expecting to be released with the dark knight rises so uh i guess we only have a little bit of time to wait before we see this uh this teaser trailer so uh fingers crossed uh, about that, so wait and see. Yeah, every time I think I'm out of the Batman vortex, they <laughs> suck me back in. I gotta go see it now. You know, even though it'll be released online either before or right around the same time, I really like the excitement. And how often do you have the opportunity to see a Superman trailer in the theaters? Yeah. Uh, of yeah, actually going, I mean, yeah, you can watch it anywhere, and I could. I'll probably come home and watch it a hundred times online after the fact. But the idea of seeing it in the big theater and, you know, I'll go see Batman on digital and in the big giant theater, you know, where they'll have it the first weekend and with the big sound and the, the, the and what I'll be waiting for is the trailer before <laughs> Batman. Um, and it'll be fantastic, I'm sure. Yeah, so uh, we'll wait and see uh, just uh, w- when that's released. Now, the only other real thing about Man of Steel that came out was uh, Snyder, uh, director Zack Snyder, attending uh, the uh, L.A. Hero Complex, uh, uh, hero. Is that what it's called? Hero complex, hero, something like uh, that. Yeah, believe uh, so. And uh, he uh, was there to talk about zombies and the zombie genre, and uh, was so. you know uh, obviously having done Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead. I think is the movie that he's uh, that was pre- pretty much his directorial debut. And uh, so he was there on a panel talking about the zombie genre, and they kept asking him, trying to get some some uh, you know little. F- tidbits of information from him about Man of Steel. It was quite funny the way they kept uh, insinuating that into their discussions to try to get him to talk about Man of Steel, and all he'd pretty much say was that it's gigantic and crazy, and uh, kind of chastised himself for, for even saying that much. Yeah, I mean, I like gigantic and crazy. I think that sounds... <laughs> well, we're gigantic and crazy. Well, absolutely. I mean, I'm like, I'm the most gigantic I know, to be honest, and you're definitely the craziest, so <laughs> together... We're gigantic and crazy. Yeah, that's right. Well, we should change Two wild the and crazy guys. <laughs> yeah, the Hero Complex Film Festival. I thought it was kind of cool uh, because I love The Walking Dead. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you've seen it yet, but the no. television show uh, uh, started airing last year. It, it started uh, on Halloween, and it was so – I thought it was really cool. And, of course, the graphic novels have been around for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second season uh, ended not too long ago, and uh, I, I love it. So, um, And I watch a show called The Talking Dead which is on after The Walking Dead, which is uh, you know a show where they talk about the show. Right. And Robert Kirkman's been on there a few times, and um, uh, I like listening to what he has to say. So it was kind of neat to see both of those guys together and being interviewed about uh, a genre that they apparently have in common, even yeah. though I'm not even sure anybody knew that anybody – that they had that in common. But sure. uh, is Dawn of the Dead the one with uh, – uh, the one where they're in the mall with LL Cool J and uh, – I wouldn't know because I haven't yeah. seen them, but I suppose we could always look it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I think yeah, it was yeah. his, like I said, his debut film. So, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw that uh, and had no idea that it was uh, Zack Snyder at all. Well, you wouldn't know Zack Snyder if you hadn't if that was his first film. So, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, now, then, I yeah. Since then, he's done 300, uh, 
uh, Watchmen and all these other films that he's quite uh, renowned for. So he's definitely uh, stamped his visual style on Hollywood, and it will be interesting to see uh, how he brings that to, to play for Superman. Uh, the, there was actually, a, just as we're going to uh, recording with this, a comment by Christopher Nolan, who's pretty much just said that uh, now that he's finished with The Dark Knight Rises, they're asking him, you know, will he have a hand in Man of Steel? And he said, look, you know, Zack Snyder's got Man of Steel. It's his film. Um, uh, it would be rude of me to kind of push my way into saying, uh, here, here are my ideas on what you should be doing. Um, his role basically was uh, godfathering the script with... Uh, David Goyer and presenting it to Warner Brothers and then Warner Brothers hired Zack Snyder who uh, obviously Nolan uh, was happy with and uh, you know it's uh, it's Zack Snyder's baby and uh, Nolan's really not having any kind of a hands-on uh, role at all except for you know having brought the script to them. Well you know we're not going to be able to to know until we we see the movie whether or not that's a that was a good decision. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of the Christopher Nolan fans um, um, believe that it's not, and that they want him to have a heavy hand in it. And and based on the the receipts the for for the Dark Knight movies, um, that's probably not a bad assumption. But I personally, not being a particular fan, think that uh, Nolan Nolan stepping away for me. Thank you, Mister Nolan. It's the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and uh, being a you know a, a director himself, Zack Snyder of of some. Uh, notoriety, uh, it would be pretty hard to have another director, you know, coming in and uh, interfering, I guess, with uh, with your style and with your with your project. So I think that only bodes well for the film that you know Snyder is allowed to to you know put his uh, his stamp on it. And uh, and we saw you know with Superman too, you know, we had Donner and and uh, you know kind of kicked out there, and then uh, it was uh, taken over, and then you know just. While Superman Two is a great film, it you know there are uh, obviously there is the Donner cut, which uh, quite a few fans prefer. Well, it's um, I think it's a it's a little different in this case because uh, uh, Nolan's what the producer, the executive producer. He's a producer on the film, which yeah, is, yeah. means he's backed it with some money. Well, a lot of times uh, I don't know about a lot, but I mean uh, you look at something like Jerry Bruckheimer. You know, Bruckheimer Productions, uh, mm-hmm. from what I have read, you know, he comes in and kind of directs the director. So uh, I think that it's it's not it's not uh, it's not impossible that no. something like that would happen. And it's also not necessarily uh, something highly unusual. No, but, true. yeah, I mean, I think as a director, you would like very much to have uh, complete control over your film. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that's why directors go out and do their own little projects, uh, independent films, smaller films. When you have a film that that is uh, of of this kind of scope, and and we all hope that it at least meets the bar set by the Dark Knight films that that everybody seems to love, and 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 can at least rise to that occasion and and be as large a film and hopefully film franchise going forward. So you would you would you would think that there is a possibility that executives and people in charge and Nolan, whom clearly Warner Brothers trusts and the fans trust. Um, might actually have more to do with the film than just saying, "Okay, you know, Schneider, you're you're unproven in the 
specific superhero genre, the specific giant blockbuster tentpole franchise genre. So we're going to be over your shoulder and we're kind of going to be watching you. So, I mean, I personally would be surprised if there wasn't a little more input than what they're saying. And if, if, if Snyder was completely let go to, to with complete free reign to do whatever he wanted, but, uh, you know, hopefully whichever way it went, that means good things for us in 2013. Definitely. And in other movie news, Superman versus the Elite is just around the corner. June 12 is its uh, release date for its DVD and Blu-ray uh, release. And uh, yeah, this is uh, it's copped a bit of criticism because of its style, but uh, its animation style. But uh, it's a great story nonetheless, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it uh, translates to to an animated uh, uh, release. It does have an odd visual style i think we may have talked about this before um it's a strange look that they decided to go with what i what i like about it not not it specifically but the idea that each of these animated films that comes out has its own look and its own design uh the good thing about it is that uh we get to see many different takes on our favorite heroes and villains and the bad thing about it maybe is that um it doesn't really they're not None of them are connected. It doesn't seem like we're necessarily even watching the same universe no, or the same characters true. each time. Uh, but you could take it either way, and I think that either way, either way has its its good points and its negative points. Uh, I I personally wouldn't mind seeing a, a series of films that were connected. I think the uh, the two Batman Superman films. I think they kind of made references mm-hmm. to the one previous. Yep. So I think we kind of got the impression that they at least were in the same universe um it's kind of neat i'm looking forward to see more of it in action we have a few scenes on the website a few shots uh what i find interesting is that it seems like uh his chin changes (laughs) from you know people have mentioned that uh, what's the deal he has this giant chin you know what is he a jay leno uh, superman Uh, but then in in some of the shots uh, the chin looks a lot smaller so uh it's one of those things that's going to be kind of Jumping back and forth, uh, you know, in one shot it's nine feet long, and in another <laughs> shot it's you know normal chin. Yeah, but uh, as I said, June twelfth for that release for Australian fans. Uh, found out that it will be released uh, here uh, when I say here uh, in Australia on July fourth, and we will be doing a giveaway. Uh, Warner Home Video in Australia have uh, uh, reached out to me, and we will have some Blu-ray. Uh, editions of Superman vs. the Elite to give away for Australian fans and I'm uh, hoping that we'll have the same kind of giveaway for uh, American fans so uh, keep it on the Superman homepage for further details about Superman vs. the Elite Now, TV news, Uh, that's pretty much all we had for for movie news Uh, Young Justice, one of your favourite shows is in its uh, second season now called Young Justice Invasion we touched on the uh, the pilot episode of the second season already in our previous podcast. And now we've got uh, four further episodes to discuss. I've seen all of them up to uh, Salvage, the fourth episode. Haven't yet been able to grab uh, Beneath, the fifth episode. But uh, let's start with uh, episode two of season two, titled Earthlings, in which, in which uh, Miss Martian, Superboy, Beast Boy, Adam Strange arrive on the distant planet Ran, to, uh, or Ran, depending on how you pronounce it, to stop the alien infiltration of Earth at its source. 
I thought that um, this was really cool. You know, one thing that they do, and I don't know if it me- if I've mentioned it yet on Young Justice, is they oftentimes start you in the middle or toward the end yeah. of the story where things are going wrong or it looks bad, and then they go back and show you how it got to that point. Yeah. And I like, I like, I mean, it's not a new construct. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I've seen on other shows, but uh, I like that they use it here. And I've mentioned many times about the uh, the, the the way they do this show, being an animated show, being on on Saturday mornings, which is typically thought of as a kid's time, um, that that con you know construct that they use and the way it's written and the way the characters are is a much more dramatic and serious type of uh, more adult-oriented show. I really like that, and I think kids can still like it because there's definitely a lot of action, explosions, yep. battles, cool oh, things going on. You know, but it, but it has a lot of story and a lot of depth to it. Uh, yeah. And this particular story was real cool because they were on another planet. And I love, obviously, being on the page that you're on, listening to the podcast that you're listening to. You know that we kind of skew toward the super family. So uh, when we can see a show where, where Superboy gets to be um, kind of front and center, um, it's 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 real neat. So this episode was real good because, uh, you know, he was kind of uh, very important in it. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, interesting to see uh, Adam Strange and the, the fact that, you know, uh, because of Magan being there, that he could finally communicate with the people uh, that he'd uh, been, you know, uh, in contact with for a while on Ran, and and now he was able to actually communicate with them uh, with uh, the, the help of Miss Martian. It was, and I, I like the way, uh, you know, partway through they lost contact because because McGann went unconscious. Yep. And uh, Superboy's having his conversation uh, with, with the alien uh, girl, and suddenly. She's saying weird things to me. It reminded me of a Twilight Zone episode from years and years yes. ago where where the language went weird and people started saying, like, we're going out for mayonnaise. And he was like, mayonnaise? What are you talking about? Mayonnaise? It's lunchtime. Uh, it reminds, kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Uh, good episode, that one. Uh, then we move on to uh, episode three titled Alienated. And this one's described as the team and the Justice League continue to hunt the Crolitaeans that have invaded Earth but the aliens have help from an extremely unexpected source. Now, this brings up a point that I have a problem with in the new season, but at the same time as I have a problem with it, I also think it's awesome and super cool. Um, I've never really seen a, 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 an animated show or a live action show for that matter do this where uh, we finish the end of one extremely long season and then suddenly we're five years into mm-hmm. the future Everybody's older. Some people might be dead. Relationships are, are finished. Uh, characters are missing. People are strung out on apparently drugs or not eating or alcohol or you know because of things that happened that we didn't see and they occasionally reference and they and I'm hoping obviously that we're going to delve into some of that stuff as we go on and, mm-hmm. and uh, there have been some things mentioned about for instance the the Megan uh, Superboy relationship that right. that apparently went sour for whatever reason uh, but there is a lot of time in there that that isn't covered no. and of course we have robin grown up and now he's nightwing and we have um a new robin on board and yep. and and uh you know batgirl's been been cited and there's just some there's just some things that were very very unexpected and i kind of like it it's cool but at the same time i miss where we were at and it's odd that that the show would jump forward like this yeah, and it's interesting that, uh, well, we found out what happened to Kid Flash. I think it was in Salvage, not in this episode that we're talking about now. But uh, they've kind of replaced his comedy 
like his shtick with uh, with Blue Beetle, who seems to be the one who's kind of that uh, that has that role of being the you know the the laughing factor, the the, the comedy factor, uh, with his uh, talking to the scarab, you know, and uh, and uh, nobody else knows what's going on, but uh, uh, he's kind of taken that kind of that role that Kid Flash had as being the the uh, the comedy. Yeah, and and now that you mention Kid Flash, I, I, another thing that kind of irks me, but it's also cool to see new heroes at the same time, uh, that they're just gone. He and uh, uh, Artemis are you know together, you know whatever their deal is, and and uh, they're just out, and they're not heroes anymore. Um, doesn't seem like the type of attitude change um, that they would have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were so gung ho to be heroes and to be involved that they would just kind of not be anymore. But uh, one thing that also bothered me about this particular episode and uh, other Superman fans and, and maybe people who watch uh, the great Scott segments that I do might know is that um, <sighs> Superman is oftentimes used in a um, in a way that seems to me could have easily been used in another way, and I know that. They wanted the thing to blow up, so uh, and the fact that Superman—that's why a lot of times on the Justice League cartoon and things like that, Superman just wouldn't be there. And even on this show, Young Justice, you rarely see Superman, and he's just not around. Even when big things are going down, you would think, uh, since he can hear anywhere around the globe, that he would be there in a flash, uh, but he rarely is. So in this case, I was super stoked that that Superman and, and Wonder Woman were involved in the battle you know uh, aquaman was there and it was real cool to see uh for for portions of this episode uh, they were the stars and as opposed to the young justice being the stars and and seeing S- superman do that that maneuver that he did with superboy it was really really entertaining and really cool to see but as soon as they as soon as they introduce the idea that there's a bomb and that there are hundreds of people who are going to be killed if it goes off, Superman is the one you want involved. And this is this is an extremely, in my view, misleading way to show kids who Superman is, although they got his attitude right because he was pleading with the aliens. He was saying, please, please, you have to get out of here. The bomb's going to go off. As soon as you see that they're not listening to you, if you're Superman, we've seen him do it before, you go to the bomb. And you grab it and you fly out. And the thing is, Superboy couldn't do that because they said, well, there might be a tripwire or it might go off when you grab it. Even if it does, Superman is so fast. We've seen him fly so fast. He can shield things with his body that he would be out the wall and into the ocean or whatever before the bomb actually went off. The time, you know, but maybe not. I mean, in an actual physics what we've seen Superman do in the past probably wouldn't be possible mm. because if you move that fast, other people get old and other things happen. And but but we've seen it happen in comics. We've seen it happen in other mediums. Um, uh, it just seemed to me that it was the wrong move to just kind of stand there and let it blow up when you knew all those people were going to die. And he clearly was concerned about them and and didn't want it to happen. And I think that he and he he I think that he would have gone to, and at least if he would have gone and tried and then it would have exploded. Um, that I think I would have been more satisfied with than him just kind of uh, acting helpless and not really. I can't carry you all out, you know, together or and one at a time will take too long. Um, yeah, uh, I understand. Seems like he should have gone after the bomb. Yeah, and uh, the unexpected source of uh, of the help that the aliens were getting was uh, a bit of a surprise uh, to see Aqualad as the as the villain. 
It was uh, what it was. <laughs> what a twist! It was quite quite a shocker. Uh, and the thing is, and I keep I keep wondering uh, if something happened during the five years that we weren't allowed to see that altered reality or that changed. You know, it reminded me a little bit of the Star Trek film uh, from two thousand eight, um, where a new timeline has kind of been created. Yeah. I wonder if that might be what we're looking at here and and we might be able to fix it once we go back and look at some of the stuff that's going on or once mm. somebody figures out that that has happened, most likely it'll be Batman that figures it out. <laughs> I won't go into that. But because um, it, it seems like too many things have gone wrong. It seems like too many things are odd and it seems like too many things are out of place. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned the Kid Flash already and now we're talking about Aqualad. Um, and I also wonder if he's not under someone's control or if he's not being um, uh, controlled in some way, uh, even if he's of his own mind, but maybe he feels like he has to do this or he's involved to protect something else or to mm-hmm. do something else. Um, and, of course, we've seen, even in the first season, um, secrets and things yeah. unravel that we find out about later and we realize why they were doing it or what yep. was happening. So, uh, you know, I'm very interested to see where they go with it. And uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm very curious to see if there's some sort of a time twist or alternate universe type of thing going on. Then we came up against uh, episode four titled Salvage. And while Superboy and Blue Beetle battle intergang, Nightwing and company try to salvage the soul of a former comrade fallen from grace, which, as we know, having seen it, was, uh, was speedy. Yeah, I mentioned him earlier. I, I, I uh, he was all strung out and all messed up and uh, <laughs> seemed uh, very, very thin and gaunt and uh, unable to, uh, unable to even um, uh, complete some of the most minor uh, acrobatic tasks that he would often do. Uh, and it, it, it all stems back to the idea that he was a clone and not the real Speedy and and uh, his. Uh, uh, kind of obsession with the uh, the idea of finding with a real Speedy and, and, and being angry that, that everyone else has sort of given up on him. Yeah, and it was interesting to find out again as the five-year gap thing that uh, he and Cheshire, or Cheshire, are uh, um, a couple, a married couple. I've got a kid. Yeah, very weird. And, and, and it seems like she, for a time... Uh, had given up being a villain and then now is back to that uh, and he was surprised by it or she left him and, and, and realized that he had gone so far down into depression that she couldn't be with him anymore and, and maybe uh, he partially drove her back to her life of crime. I don't know, but hmm. uh, very interesting that they, they had a child together because where did that come from? I mean, it just came out of nowhere. The last time we saw them together, it was uh, – by that episode with the train where, yeah, where she gave him that where, kiss in front of yeah. her sister. Yeah, yeah, very strange. Now, uh, what was touching in this episode was uh, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Kid Flash and, uh, and and all the other team members that had been a part of, uh, you know, had known Speedy, said, look, you're our friend. We didn't know the original uh, Roy. We didn't know, you know, you're the guy that we became friends with. Whether you're a clone or not, it's you that we care about because... We never knew the other guy, right? Right. So that yeah. was quite quite touching, I thought, and uh, nice. and a nice uh, you know nice part of the episode. Uh, now, episode five, I haven't seen as I mentioned, but it was titled "Beneath," and Jaime Reyes, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, searches for a missing friend, while Miss Martian, Batgirl, Bumblebee, and Wonder Girl return to Bialya to discover what lies beneath. Now, what was this one like? 
Well, I would like to tell you that, but uh, <laughs> just as you haven't seen it, I haven't watched it either. I do okay. have it on my DVR, and uh, I'll be, I'm looking forward to to getting into that. I like the idea of a uh, a four uh, four person uh, girl team yeah. being the center of the uh, uh, the next uh, action that we're going to see. So that's uh, something I'm looking forward to. Well, we'll discuss that in our next podcast uh, in a month's time, but. Uh the only other TV news uh, to touch on this podcast is the fact that uh, Smallville, yes, Smallville, uh, has won uh, a couple of Started awards. its 11th season on television. <laughs> it, I missed uh, a few episodes. You'll have to fill me in on uh, how they went down, but uh, I'll get to them soon. You're stringing along those Smallville fans. You, you really shouldn't do that. Oh. Oh. It's not having an 11th season on television? <laughs> not on television. Oh, darn but, uh, you know how broken up I am about that. Yes, I know, I know. But uh, you know, they're there. Don't you know? Don't take it too hard. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, it did uh, win a number of awards. I'm gonna derail the show again. I'm <laughs> <clears throat> uh, just looking for the information on uh, exactly what the the awards that it TV, won. DVD of the year. Yes, uh, for the uh, for the um, complete series DVD. Um, which is it's it's great news for the uh, for for the people who are involved in uh, in that uh, you know production of that uh, uh, collection of DVDs of the, of the complete series, and um, you know it was up against some stiff competition. So uh, congratulations to uh, the people involved with Smallville. Um, it uh, Warner Home Video as a whole collected a total of six awards uh, in the second annual Home Media Magazine Awards. And the two uh, awards that Smallville won were TV of TV TV DVD TV DVD of the year and best complete series TVD oh, shish TV DVD set for 2011. So um, well done to everyone involved with Smallville. But uh, try say TV DVD three times fast. Smallville, you are winners. Yeah. Winning. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, congratulations to Warner Home Video there. All right, well, Good let's job. move into our, our comic book discussions. Um, Remy Zero would be proud. Yeah, Remy Zero. Uh, comic books. Uh, the Well, sp- speaking about Smallville, uh, the season 11 comic book uh, series. Sorry. Can wake up the kids. Sometimes I, oh, that's right. Damn. Because here in America, it's one oh nine in the morning in the uh, time see, zone that I'm in. See what we do for you people. We you know, we we don't even sleep to to do these podcasts. We do not sleep. No, that's right. Twenty four hours, seven days a week. Breathe and you know who needs live sleep? Superman. But uh, the uh, there was a bit of a concern about the the digital comic book release schedule. Um, for Smallville. What a concern that comic books might come out on time? Well, Never. we didn't even know when they were coming out. There wasn't even a <laughs> schedule at first, and then we complained, and then DC Comics and uh, came out with an actual schedule for uh, Smallville Season 11 fans. That's the Once Steve Eunice in the Superman homepage complains about things, <laughs> things get done. That's it. Uh, so we actually got a release schedule for the Smallville uh, comic books. Superman Beyond, on the other hand, I still don't know exactly when those digital chapters come out, but uh, I guess I didn't complain enough. But uh, it is collected in the Batman Beyond uh, printed editions, uh, which there is a, um, an issue out this week that uh, this is released. So, uh, yeah, for Smallville fans, they release three digital chapters 
in a month, and then those three digital, digital chapters are collected in the print edition on a monthly basis, and then we go back to three more digital issues, bit of a gap a week, and then the Smallville, then the next printed edition is released with those uh, second uh, collection of three episodes or three chapters, and uh, that's the way it uh, progresses uh, for, I don't know how long, I wonder if we'll get a season 12 uh, comic book series. I don't know how they're actually going to number these uh, uh, moving forward. I have an interesting question for for fans of the uh, uh, the Smallville story that's continuing on in comic book form. Would you rather uh, see the, the the three collected chapters um, when they're ready in a, in a three collected chapter version, whether it's digital or whether it's in the book form, um, uh, and know that it's going to be three months for you to get there or a month for you to get there and instead of having the delay or whatever for the actual digital releases of the shorter version of the story? Or do you do you love the idea of having a Friday edition of a shorter digital chapter that you would really like to see them uh, more get back to that schedule and stay on it? Or would it be cooler to have it all, all at one time every once a month yeah, like it's a regular book? I guess it depends on when they're whether they're coming as a comic book fan picking up Smallville or whether they're coming as a TV fan picking up a comic book. Uh, as a TV fan, you like to get your weekly fix, but as a uh, as a comic book fan, you you're not you know you, you're used to the idea of waiting a month between uh, collecting a, a new chapter of the uh, new issue of the book. So yeah, let us know what you think, Smallville fans. Uh, do you like this kind of weekly format for each chapter? as a digital release or do you prefer waiting uh, a month to get the printed edition or even if well, it was a digital? I think it's likable, of course. I mean, anybody in their right mind is probably going to say, well, I'd rather have a, a story every, every week. I mean, I'd rather have a, 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 a action comics every single week. But the, the issue obviously is that they're having a hard time keeping up with that schedule and they were already shorter than a full story. So the idea that you could maybe get a story that was closer to the hour that you're used to on television, even though you got that every week, that it might take a month to get there. But would that then keep them on schedule to where you would get that every month, uh, where it was more like a full story every month as opposed to, you know, we talked about it last, last month. The very first episode was so short and it didn't really seem to have a beginning, middle and end. It just kind of happened and it was over uh, because it's so short. Yeah, I think that they're trying to do the digital chapters like but the the parts that you see before the ad break and then you get the ad break and then then and after the ad break is the next week's chapter 2. And so it's almost like the three chapters are, are what's making one whole episode. So uh yeah, I understand where you're coming from there and uh, uh it'll be interesting to, you know, I mean the reason they're doing it on Fridays as a release as a digital comic is to mimic the Friday episode that you saw on TV back in season 10, 9, and whatever else, the other seasons were on a Friday. So I don't know if that's working or not, but, yeah, let us know, Smallville fans, what your preference is. Absolutely. Now, we saw the release of Action Comics number 9, which was the uh, debut, I guess, of uh, Superman of Earth-23, uh, who was President Calvin Ellis. Uh, what did you think of that, uh, Steve? Yeah, it was a, an interesting kind of uh, sidestep from the you know current continuity of books. It was like... A, um, uh, you know, going off on a tangent and showing us what this Earth Twenty Three Superman was like, and and uh, how a uh, version of Lois Clark and and Jimmy came into uh, his reality uh, from another alternate Earth, 
uh, with a story about having created a Superman robot thingy that went crazy and you know went on its own rampage and how it's coming to their Earth and uh, his Earth, you know, Earth twenty three, and uh, it was it was a nice uh, kind of a you know a, a, a change from the the regular books. Not that the regular books been going on that long, but to see Calvin Ellis. Uh, as you know, the president uh, and uh, Superman of Earth twenty three, and and the way he reacted to things is a a nice change of pace. Uh, from this the, kind of re- it kind of reminds me of um, early in the new action run. They they went off and did a future story, and 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 kind of took this tangent, and yeah, he was poisoned Superman's or whatever. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we we need to take alternate universe tangents just yet yeah. when we're this early. In the run, and here we are with action again. It's almost as if they don't have enough stories or enough ideas to carry them through the fruition of of watching Superman grow into the Superman that that he's going to be. We're, we're you know we're going off to new universes and seeing different Superman, and and uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if that's, I think if that's that might just be Grant Morrison, the way his mind works, that he can't stay focused on one thing. He's oh, I've got a great idea for this, and he'll just go off on a tangent and, and do this story uh, that he, you know, he can't wait to, to hold it for a further down the track. It's, I've got to do it now because it's a great idea, and uh, he just seems to be running it. His mind seems to run a million miles an hour. Yeah, I've seen him on some interviews. He does seem a little manic in terms of uh, you know where he goes with his thoughts and his imagination, and uh, so yeah, I think that that could certainly be part of it. Now, with the addition of Action Comics number nine, we also saw Superman number nine, which was the uh, Secret Identity Submarine Anguish uh, episode of our ongoing Superman adventures. And uh, where did that take us, Steve? Yeah, well, uh, it's, it was a, like a three-part or there were three. Uh, story elements uh, juggled within this uh, most recent Superman comic book. Uh, it was interesting to see uh, this whole idea of this uh, this blogger who uh, who his name escapes me at the moment, but he comes to Lois Lane with this you know the story of the century of you know I know who Superman's like secret identity is, and you know Lois is kind of uh, a bit standoffish with him, saying you know do you have any proof? Do you have any? You know, does Superman even have a secret identity? Why would you think that he does? And she's dubious. Yeah, we don't even know whether or not Lois. Like they've kind of hinted it in past that maybe Lois knows about Clark Kent being Superman. And you don't know. It's not really shown in this uh, issue whether or not Lois is just pushing this guy away because she wants to stay away from this secret identity angle uh, to protect Superman, or whether she's just dubious, as you said, about this guy having any credibility. And he ends up naming a guy who is not Clark Kent and just this other executive bloke, and uh, he's totally shocked to to find, and his, his workmates are totally shocked uh, for him to be outed as Superman. And uh, while this is going on, Superman, early in the issue, is dealing with a, a Russian submarine that is having some difficulties and seems to be sinking. And But at the same time, the Russians, while they're thankful for him to be saving them, are concerned that he's going to know about some secret... Um, uh, stash that they've got on board. We don't know what it is because it's within a lead-lined compartment. And um, isn't that convenient? Mm. And uh, they want to hide whatever it is they've got there on the submarine from Superman. And uh, he goes off a bit concerned, but you know uh, can't really do anything about it because you know no laws have been broken as such. And uh, and then he comes back to Metropolis and <clears throat> he starts fighting against this uh, villainess called Anguish, who 
really comes across as kind of a 1990s leather-clad villain, villain who uh, breaks into a bank and uh, wants to steal something that's within one of the vaults uh, there that uh, she says belongs to her, a medallion of some kind. And uh, the thing about her is that she can't be touched. Bullets uh, pass through her. Superman tries to grab her and his hand just goes through her. His heat vision goes through her. Uh, but she can actually connect punches uh, herself. And so what she touches uh, can be, you know, she can touch other things, but she can't be touched herself, which makes Sounds her... Sounds like a cool power. Yeah. And uh, so while in the middle of fighting her... Uh, Superman sees on the huge jumbotron there in Metropolis about you know his secret identity being outed, and uh, he's uh, kind of shocked to see that uh, his secret identity is being outed as somebody who's not really him. And uh, this <laughs> kind guy, of be dangerous for the executive guy, you know. Yeah, he's got a family. Oh, you're Superman. Okay, he's got a I wife and a then. kid, and uh, so people are starting saying, "Is this kid an half an alien?" And uh, so it's interesting to see where they take this angle of the secret identity. Uh, and you know the fact that this guy's got it wrong, and that Roger Stern, um, uh, not Roger Stern, who, who's, who's Stern, the the guy that uh, is the is the head of the Daily Planet, um, Franklin Stern. Franklin Stern, mixing yeah. up with the author. I like the Stern. idea that the Russians all got together before they left Russia or wherever their base was, and they said, "Yes, let us put this secret cargo that no one can see. It will put it in the holds." And then one of them said, "But what if Superman has to rescue us later? We will need to put it in lead." And they put it in lead, and you know, just in case Superman happened. And uh, what, what do you know? Superman actually had to rescue them and wasn't able to see what they were carrying. Well, wow. maybe the uh, the lead's there for a reason. Maybe it's uh, radioactive. It's radioactive, man. He's inside there. <laughs> you know. He's a nuclear man from the yes, old radio series. Man. Uh, and then we move into Justice League number nine, uh, which is uh, quite an involved issue and quite a good issue, actually. Um, we see the author, David Graves, who uh, his book about the Justice League, uh, Gods Among Men, has been showcased a number of times in, ish- in past issues. And uh, this author is uh, suffering from... Uh, some kind of cancer, he can't be cured, shoots his doctor when the f- doctor tells him he can't be helped, and he's out to destroy the Justice League. He, he says, if the Justice League can't help me, um, you know, what use are they kind of thing? And at the same time, Steve Trevor is uh, dealing with his own demons. Uh, he's the, the uh, paparazzi are after him about his relationship or his failed relationship with Wonder Woman. And, Wonder uh, Woman! And David Graves uh, actually kidnaps Steve Trevor, or he thinks it's David Graves, and basically uh, wants to use him as a method of getting to the uh, the Justice League, getting uh, you know using him as a as a you know a method to 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 get inside for at the you know the Justice League's headquarters somehow. Well, he is their weakness. Yeah, and Steve Trevor is uh, brutally um, you know uh, tortured in this issue. It's quite graphic actually. Uh, a lot of blood and a lot of broken bones and, uh, you know, his family is threatened and um, I think Steve Trevor is going to break. And uh, then uh, we see a nice side story with Superman, Batman and Cyborg in, in Arkham uh, Asylum where the key has broken in uh, to Arkham and is uh, complaining about some guy who uh, stole memories from his head and we're guessing that it's, again, David Graves. And, uh, yeah, so this David Graves character seems to be... a a pretty severe villain that the Justice League. He gets around. Face. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll he's going to be a bit of a menace for the Justice League. Oh, I hate that. 
So, uh, and also the uh, the backup story uh, of Billy Batson and Shazam. Um, pretty cool the way it, uh, it, uh, it well, you know it's going to be disturbing that Billy was such a, a nasty piece of work, and uh, <laughs> he seems to be uh, he, one thing he hates is bullies, and uh, his adopted family get bullied at school, and uh, he comes to their uh, to their aid and gets in trouble by the the principal at the school for it. And uh, there seems to be some something happening in the background with this storm that's approaching, and um, Doctor Savannah uh, is uh, has un- unearthed uh, Black Adam's grave. Oh, that's going to be bad. <laughs> that's never, never a good. Thing. It's never good never. when you dig up a grave. No, no. <laughs> and they get mad. Those those Adam family members. Mm. They get angry. Well, when your first name's Black. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That kind of does. It's kind of like Darth Vader, you know. It's, yeah, uh, dark side. Yeah, yeah, dark side. Oh, terrible. But terrible. Uh, the other thing in comic book news is... Uh, I think if your name's Dark Side, you know, <laughs> you don't really have a choice. You kind of... No, well, the, your, your, your career yeah. path's pretty much picked out for it's, you. Yeah, it's laid out. You kind of... <laughs> you got to be the bad guy. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, didn't have much of a choice there. But uh, as I was saying, uh, the... Exciting news for fans that seem to be really waiting for this issue, and it's out on May 30th, is Superman Family Adventures number one, uh, the comic book title that seems to be focused on young children and uh, well, fans of all ages, but it seems to be a, a comic book that young kids can be able to, to tap into, and I think that's a, that's a great initiative. I love the idea of this because, uh, I mean, they have the, uh, what is it, Teen Titans and Tiny Titans and things like that, uh, I guess, that, that, that are kind of geared toward kids. Um, but uh, Superman, who has been out of the, the limelight for a long time and uh, a lot of kids aren't really necessarily big fans of Superman, I think the idea of trying to get this type of book into their hands to kind of let them grow with with Superman and then and then maybe graduate them onto the, the bigger books as they get older is a great idea and 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 the uh, the art is obviously uh, cute and and it, it's kind of stylized and, and it looks it looks very interesting. I'm I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah, and DC Comics have been pushing it pretty heavily this uh, the week leading up to issue number one with uh, you know daily uh, stuff on their blog in regards to the character designs, character descriptions, character situations uh, that we can expect from Superman Family Adventures. And I know at the Superman homepage, our, uh, our reviewer, Mark Pritchard, is uh, hoping to involve his young nephew in uh, his uh, reviews of the comic book uh, to get his reactions to each issue as they come out, which I think is a great idea because, uh, you know, if it is geared towards the, a younger reading audience then it would be great to get the, the the views of a of a younger member of the of the fans out there and their reactions to this uh, new monthly title that's quite a cool idea it's yeah. a, you know get a young, younger person's perspective I, i'd like to get my daughter into superheroes but i'm, I'm having a real hard time <laughs> well, she's about to be six now and I, when when that thing blew up in the young justice and superman got blown out and into the into the water she said yay superman lost and i was like what <laughs> what and i it, it, uh, i i almost it almost broke my heart i felt <laughs> i felt extreme pain underneath my rib cage and I said, what do you mean? Oh, I'm just kidding. She said, I think she kind of, <laughs> she's a girl, so she's not that interested in superheroes, but she's also smart and she knows uh, that that's going to antagonize me. And I don't know why she wanted to do that, but she did. And uh, it uh, did antagonize. Just wait till she uh, One thing I want to mention about Superman Family Adventures, 
Um, I'm not really sure why when it's clear that the new Snyder movie is going in a different direction, even though Zod's involved. Uh, Zod's partner is uh, Feora, uh, who was his original partner, I guess, or was a partner of somebody else, and they're kind of mixing it up. Uh, but with Superman Family Adventures, they're dipping back into the Donner well, and they've mm. got Zod and, and Ursa and Nan, and uh, and it's it's a little similar to Perry White being um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne in the new movie, where in the comics he's still a white guy. It's another it's another thing that's a little confusing to me. Only because I think it will be confusing to new readers, young readers, um, the idea that – I mean I guess it's in a separate universe. But but uh, why wouldn't you uh, try to introduce Zod as the individual that Zod's going to be moving forward to the public at large as opposed to continuing with the Donner universe, mm. which seems to be what they're doing there. But uh, that's just a thought. Yeah, I don't yeah know. no, fair enough too. That's uh... – that's an uh, interesting thought there. But, uh, yeah, Superman Family Adventures, number one, is available from May 30th. Uh, keen, to think, keen to see what uh, people think of it. And maybe it's something that your, your daughter might enjoy uh, with, crypto, with uh, Fuzzy the Crypto Mouse. Fuzzy and uh, Supergirl's in it, right? I yeah, and uh, Streaky the cat and Crypto the Superdog and, uh, and a couple of other three young kids. Uh, I know one of them's name is Sonia, which is the same name as my wife, although spelt differently, which uh, she thought was quite funny. So uh, we'll uh, look forward to Superman Family Adventures uh, as uh, as that title kicks on uh, in the months ahead. Now, moving away from comic books, this being uh, the end of May as uh, this is released means that June is just around the corner, and that means the Superman celebration is taking place in Metropolis, Illinois. Uh, we met there in 2008 and had a fantastic time. Haven't been able to return as yet, but uh, big things are planned for uh, the 2012 celebration. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like uh, I, 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 every minute I seem to hear something else that makes me so upset that I'm not able to go this year. Uh, I mean, they're going to have John Glover. They're going to have Cassidy Freeman, Gerard Christopher, John Rockwell. Just sounds like such a great guest list. Like, for me, and I'm I'm halfway a Smallville fan. John Glover and Cassidy Freeman alone are worth the price of admission, yeah. and I, I wish I could be there uh, because uh, John Glover was such an amazing part of Smallville, especially in the early years. Um, I think they they kind of took him they kind of took him in a direction where he was a little more over the top and a little more back and forth and is he good is he bad kind of thing mm-hmm. where in the beginning he was mysterious but he was clearly manipulative and he was clearly kind of um trying to groom his son in a certain way it was just so cool uh, his verbal sparring matches between uh Lionel and and Lex and and just the way that worked it was was the dynamic of the show probably that i most look forward to and as soon as i saw the inside of that mansion and john glover and i knew that they were and he'd be walking down with purpose to go yell at lex or whatever i knew that it was going to be an awesome incredible scene because those two guys together and john glover just being a fantastic actor just brought such a great great amount of uh, energy to the show and it, it lifted my spirits every time i saw it happening yeah now uh, the superman celebration is on from june 7th to june 10th uh, in Metropolis, Illinois, as I mentioned. And uh, as uh, Scotty's just said, we've got uh, John Glover, Cassidy Freeman, Gerard Christopher, and John Rockwell. John Rockwell was the Superboy of the Adventures of Superboy pilot that was never aired uh, back Super in 1961. Boy. And Gerard Christopher, obviously, is the Superboy of seasons two to four 
of the Superboy TV series from the 1980s, and uh, I know there are a lot of people who are looking forward to, to seeing him as well. Uh, Which, by the way, my understanding is mm. Warner has decided to release those uh, two to four seasons that we have been waiting for all these years. Yeah, well, there's, they're looking into it. It hasn't been decided as yet, but it's looking promising uh, because one of the uh, the vice presidents of uh, one of the, the departments there is a big Superboy, Superman fan and is quite keen to have the seasons two to four of the Superboy TV series released. We don't know if that means a DVD release at this stage or whether it will be a digital download release. Uh, we'll just wait and see how that pans out. Still very early days, but very promising there for Superboy fans. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that news and uh, let you know what's happening there for the Superboy uh, two, seasons two to four. Uh, but at the Superman celebration... Uh, an annual uh, event now that uh, we host there is the Superman homepage Meet and Greet, which is uh, hosted by Jamie Kelly and his wife Rhonda, who uh, put on their Clark Kent and Lois Lane uh, personalities to uh, to host the Meet and Greet. It will be held at the Hardy's restaurant uh, there uh, in Metropolis, not far from the Superman statue, and they've got like a, a function room uh, where they have birthday parties and stuff in, in other... Um, you know, other period points of the year, and the Superman homepage meet and greet will be held there on Friday, June 8th at 10:30 a.m. Uh, it's air conditioned, so uh, be sure to get along. Uh, there will be lots of prizes and giveaways too. Uh, each person who uh, goes in there will get a Superman homepage badge. But we've also been uh, lucky enough to have Warner Home Video donate uh, a box full of uh, DVDs and Blu-ray discs of uh, Superman animated films and other other great prizes. So uh, be sure to get over to the Hardy's restaurant there on uh, Friday, June 8th at 10.30 a.m. for the Superman homepage meet and greet. I mean, exciting time. Yeah, it's God, always I wish fun. I could it's, be there. it's just great to be able to meet uh, people that you speak to online, put a, a name to a face, uh, whether it be on the message boards, the comment boards, Facebook, whatever. There's so many Superman fans that you talk to on a weekly or daily basis online, and here's an opportunity to actually meet those people in person. And Metropolis is just a great place to, to interact with fellow Superman fans and feel at home and, and have that welcoming feeling of, uh, of being accepted. It's a great time. Now, Jamie Kelly is also uh, a, a, a performer of, uh, of great note. He uh, does quite a bit of... Uh, uh, performing around the world, uh, he's uh, a, a pretty probably well most well known for being an Elvis impersonator, but uh, he's much more than that, and uh, he will be performing at the Superman celebration on the Friday night, June eighth uh, at seven p.m. Uh, at the Metro Tent. So uh, he, he's got a whole repertoire of rockabilly, blues, and country with elements of jazz and pop. And as I said, he's performed around the world to huge audiences in Japan, Canada, Europe and all over the U.S., and he's been doing that for about 20 years now. Even though he's a, quite a young bloke, uh, he is an excellent performer, and uh, you, you'd want to definitely want to get along to that and, and check out uh, Jamie Kelly in concert. Let's move on to... Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to touch on was the Facebook connectivity now that uh, we've got with Superman homepage. Uh, are you a, you're, you're quite a, on Facebook quite a bit, aren't you, Scott? I do. I, I go on Facebook almost every day. Now, there's something like 33 million uh, members of Facebook, and uh, while we've got our, our own large collection of Superman homepage members, we're <laughs> nowhere near 33 million. 
Uh, oh, come on. We're, <clears throat> we're only a little bit away from that. Yeah, just a touch. Uh, but yeah. uh, it's, it's a great, great idea, great concept to connect up with Facebook and allow people uh, who have a Facebook account can now become a member of the Superman homepage using their Facebook account. So you don't have to remember another username and password combination. If you're not a member of the Superman homepage, you can now connect using your Facebook account. We've also uh, inserted uh, Facebook comments that you can use uh, Facebook comments uh, on each of our news items. And that's another great way to to interact with the Superman homepage uh, news items. So uh, some Facebook connectivity there for the Superman homepage. Kind of consolidates it so that if you're on Facebook, you can still look at your your Superman homepage stories and you can make your comments the same way as you would uh, if you were making a comment to a post on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, to a post on those stories and, and it's linked see, up and it's yeah, you know other people's when other people comment on it, you get you know alerts to let you know that somebody else has commented on it and uh, so it's a great way you can like and share other people's comments. So it's a great way to to get involved with the Superman homepage. Now on some sad news. Uh, uh, not long after we recorded our previous podcast, we uh, heard the sad news that one of our long-time contributors to the Superman homepage had passed away. He's uh, He'd left the website for about two years now, or a year, or a bit more than a year. But uh, for around nine years, Barry Fryman was a regular contributor uh, and an assistant editor on the Superman homepage and sadly lost his life uh, late in April. Yeah, it was. A sad, I mean, I was uh, shocked to hear it. Uh, I had actually, I was in the middle of a. Uh, uh, there's a game called Scramble with friends on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play it on your Droid phone, and, and he and I had played a couple of games, and I was in the middle of a game with him, and, and it had been several days since he had played a move, and and then I started seeing uh, posts on Facebook from from other Superman homepage people that I know uh, about a friend passing and, and how shocking it was, and they weren't putting the name down because I guess I guess the idea wasn't. Uh, it wasn't clear yet that it had actually happened, and it wasn't mm. just uh, Hadn't been confirmed. Uh, a sad rumor going around. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was shocked by it. I, As I read them, I started to realize uh, who it probably was, and, and uh, unfortunately it uh, it did turn out to be Barry. And uh, I didn't really interact with him very much, but I have read uh, much of his work uh, on the site, and uh, he seemed like a good guy uh, playing the game with him and talking to him a little bit. And uh, it's a very, very unfortunate circumstance. Yep, he was uh, only 48 years of age, and uh, it's uh, sad news. Uh, was a, um, a sufferer of AIDS, and uh, but uh, we don't know the, the exact cause of his death, but I don't believe it was uh, to do with his, I think it was a, a medication uh, issue. And uh, so, you know, our condolences to his family and friends uh, at the sad Absolutely. passing of, of Barry Fryman. May he rest in peace. Yes. start with the big question um uh, last month's question was what do you think of the promotional symbol for the man of steel movie yeah we got uh, uh, quite a few comments about the logo uh, released for man of steel uh, who was up first we had brandon who uh, said uh, while i love the design of the logo i'm not entirely supportive of the moody tone and the colors the crest of the house of l has been a symbol of hope where here it seems to look like more of a threat. It just appears that it's becoming a default Superman story where he has to be seen initially as a threat to humanity that has to prove himself before being accepted as a hero. It's a neat concept if well executed, but at this point it has been done far too many times. Yeah, perhaps not in the movies though, so it'll be interesting to see if that's... I think it's an interesting approach if that's what they're doing uh, because... 
again, I, I mentioned this on the live show uh, uh, last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago, that uh, if a superpowered individual came to Earth and, and started throwing cars around and fighting with super, other superpowered individuals in the street, I do believe the army would be mobilized. I do believe uh, scientists around the world would be trying to establish a way to stop these type of individuals. Mm-hmm. And once it was realized, uh, in it, for instance, in the DC universe of comic books where there are hundreds and thousands of superpowered beings, once it was realized that we were in that type of world, there would be anti-Krypton squads and mm. there would be groups of people that were put together uh, um, in case they were needed. And, and, and Exactly. On first arrival, you wouldn't know whether or not you could trust these people or what they were here for. That's right. So uh, interesting to see if they go that route. Now, uh, Hector writes, I like it. It keeps me guessing what Man of Steel is going to be about. Is it going to be dark or normal? We shall find out in 2013. Absolutely, we should. We should indeed. Uh, John F.P. wrote, I'm unsure about the logo. I don't dislike it. It just doesn't grab me. It's really dark overall, a dark gray background, and the S is dark red. It seems WB just doesn't want a bright, vibrant Superman in costume or his logo. So to me, it's just so-so. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Two S shields out of five S shields. Fair enough. Uh, Honest reply there by John. David Landon writes, I think the logo for Man of Steel looks great. I love the shield design. It looks a lot like the Golden Age shield as drawn by Wayne Boring. And I can't wait to buy it on a T-shirt. Obviously, we'll still have to wait for a trailer for any real sense of what the movie will be like, but I remain optimistic. As do I, David, and I yes. think that that's really the only way to go about this since yeah. we don't know yet. But uh, I, uh, why not hope for the best? Exactly. Uh, our final answer is uh, Mikey B, who sent in an audio reply. So let's hear what uh, his thoughts are on the Man of Steel logo. Mikey B. Hey, Steve. Hey, Sky. It's Mikey B. The new Superman symbol looks great. Um, it's what's interesting is I've been waiting for them to do something I don't like, and as, as much as I I love Superman Returns, a lot of the first images and first ideas and first things coming out, I wasn't thrilled with, and kind of had to warm up to. And this, I haven't had to warm up to anything yet. Um, that doesn't mean when I get to see this movie, I I won't be. Um, uh, that doesn't mean I won't, you know, that I'll necessarily be thrilled or love it. But um, I just think that they got it right again. And when they, people see this in the in the theaters and they're walking along and they have all those posters lined up, they say, "Hey, that's interesting. I might like to see that." So I think it looks great. And as again, again, I just think they're it's you know they're hitting it out of the park every time. All right, guys, take care. Well, thank you, Mikey. Some uh, great thoughts as always there by Mikey. And nice to hear an audio answer uh, in this edition of Radio KAL. Now, our new big question. Our new big question comes from Chris G, who writes, I have a suggestion for you to consider for the big question segment. I am wondering what people's favorite audio interpretation of Superman is. Is it the radio show from the 40s, the books put out by graphicaudio.net, or any other audio interpretation of Superman. The reason I'm curious is I'm totally blind and have been since the early 80s. Everything I visualize in my mind is around the character of that time, including Smallville. I can still remember going to the movies with my mom and seeing Christopher Reeve in the super suit. When I hear you guys describe the new costumes, I can visualize in my own mind what they are like. And if I don't like it, the costume becomes what I'm familiar with. Thanks for considering my question. You guys do a great job with the podcast and the website. Thank you, Chris, and uh, a very thoughtful uh, uh, question there for us to pose to the fans. What is your favourite audio interpretation of Superman? 
uh, let us know by getting involved with the Big Questions segment of the show. Uh, you can do that by clicking on the Big Question button found at the Superman homepage. Uh, you, Scotty and I will read out all the responses we receive in our next podcast. Or like Mikey did, you can send in an audio answer as an MP3 file and we will play it here on Radio KAL. Uh, what are your thoughts, Scott? What's your favourite interpretation of an audio representation of Superman? Well, you know, um, I, I honestly haven't listened to a great very many of the audio uh, interpretations myself, but uh, I remember when I was very young having um, uh, books that were very colourful. They had hard covers, but they were probably about 15 pages long, mm-hmm. and they were drawn very nicely, and they had short little paragraphs on each page. And on the back of the book, there was a little envelope, and inside the envelope, there was a cassette tape. Yep. And a lot of you young kids probably don't know what those are, but uh, <laughs> look it up. You'll find it. It's probably on Wikipedia or something like that. Uh, you would put it into a machine. It was like a magical machine, and you press play on it, and it would actually read the story to you with a bit of a uh, kind of a dramatic read. And there would be sometimes different voices and explosions and sound effects, uh, which is a lot of what's going on in, in some of the audio dramas that uh, we often talk about here on the podcast. Uh, and and they're also uh, they have their own uh, cool uh, fan following as well, uh, right, Steve? Yeah, definitely. And uh, we've actually got quite a bit of those uh, old record uh, sets. Some they used to be even before cassettes, they used to be on vinyl or even cardboard records uh, that uh, they would release uh, with a little book sometimes. And a lot of those are available in the uh, multimedia section, uh, or sorry, the radio section of the website. So check out the Superman homepage website. Uh, radio section for uh, for some of those uh, for MP3 files and sometimes some scans of the uh, the old records and and cassette uh, releases that they did uh, audio versions. My personal favourite is the 1940s Superman radio series with Bud Collier as the voice of Superman. Uh, I, I get a kick out of of hearing Bud Collier uh, voice both the Clark Kent and Superman roles uh, in that radio series, and it went for so long that. It's, uh, it's really ingrained in in the minds of quite a few people without them even realizing, uh, you know, the whole up, up and away, and uh, uh, this is a job for Superman. All come from the radio series. And I would think that uh, even the idea of playing Clark as um, as kind of a mild, uh, weak kind of uh, character with a, with a timid pitch. sounding voice, mm-hmm. and then going into the stronger, more bold sound of Superman, uh, kind of comes from that whole thing as Definitely. well. Definitely. Yeah! Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Okay, the super secret sound bite. Now, last month's sound came from the Adventures of Superman 1950s TV series, specifically from the episode titled Superman in Exile. And uh, congratulations to Derek Stokely and Edward Cianti, who guessed the TV series correctly, and an extra special mention to both Fred Walsh and Matthew Apps, who knew the exact episode that the sound came from. That is some cool Superman knowledge right there. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, let's see if those people and more can guess where in the Superman world this new sound comes from. I spent the night with Superman. Well, if you think you know where that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each I person... know exactly where it's from. I'm yeah. sorry. No, that's fine. I'm just going to say each person who guesses it right, uh, maybe even we'll get Scotty's name in there if he thinks he knows it. Uh, we'll read out those names in our next Radio KL podcast. Very nice. This month's Superman song is called My Superman. 
by Bewitched from their 1999 album Awake and Breathe. Here's my Superman by Bewitched. the the show mm. for another month yeah man we flew through that one didn't we yeah well you know it's uh it's getting late in the morning for you or late in the night or however we want to say it so uh you know maybe you slept through part of it i was asleep uh, <laughs> probably about 80 percent of that yeah uh, i don't know you could because some people could probably uh tell me uh, tell that i was sleeping during that no no i don't think so <laughs> but uh, but, no, uh you're you're great as always scotty well, thank you, sir, and you, even with your sickness. Yes. Uh, it was great. And don't worry, anyone, if you're listening to this, the sickness can't come through the computer. That's right. It's not... Uh, you're safe. You're safe. Uh, the yes. contagion won't spread through your audio system. Not at all. Not in any way. So keep listening and pass it around to your friends. And remember, always look up in the sky. 
Yes, and uh, remember if there is a, uh, a subject you'd like us to cover here, a topic you think we need to talk about, maybe there's a song you'd like to request, maybe there's a big question that you would like to uh, request be asked, just like Chris G did, then uh, you can send in all those suggestions to Scotty and I. If you want to email Scotty, his email address is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. Mine is steve at supermanhomepage.com. And uh, we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, that's the show. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Steve. Have a great, great, great whatever. You've been listening to Radio KL from supermanhomepage.com.